in the future of the Edmonton Oilers, and its name is Jeff Jackson. He's going to bring a Stanley to you. It's only a matter of time. What a hire today by the Edmonton Oilers. This has been a long time coming. Burkati actually worked with the Oilers a decade ago, and they have had analytics gurus like Tyler Dello in in the offices in the past. But this is a whole new day. We're going to talk about it uh, today and the days to come because it is a big damn deal. And the um, the number of articles that were written, not just by me, but a lot of other people talking about analytics and uh, inroads that have been made by other teams, Carolina Hurricanes being an example, Toronto Maple Leafs, Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning. And the orders were... were and nothing against the individuals who are working in the analytics department, but they were behind. Today, they caught up and then some. What a great hire. Michael Parcati. We'll talk about him today. You can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call 1-833-401-1440. That's 1-833-401-1440. On Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today... Bag milk from Oilers Nation. We'll talk about analytics, Barcotti, and Oilers training camp. We'll chat with uh, Patricia Trena from Giants Country and SI.com about the Thursday nighter. Follows the Giants and covers the Giants and wrote a couple of brilliant articles. We'll talk about that and more today. Declan, have you given any thought to how you're going to spend all the money you earn once you take a lucrative job offer and leave me here to die? Because that's what happens to every producer I've ever had. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I'll probably buy back the airtime and let you go and just take over the slot. The lowdown is like opposite Spinal Tap. You remember Spinal Tap when oh, the yeah. drummer would just spontaneously combust? Yes. <laughs> what happens is this show spontaneously combusts whenever somebody leaves. There's Connor Halley, Allison yep. Curry, Lieutenant Eric, Fred Papernick, Tyler Uramchuk, Renan Salas, Jeff Walker, Steady Talker. They all went on to great things. Yes. And they'll all make a fortune. They'll all be famous, and and you know I'm still here. Well, like Spinal Tap said, when when I'm out of here, I'll be turning it up to eleven. Whatever I'm doing, I'll be turning it up to eleven. Yes, and I'll be working at a haberdashery. Great show, <laughs> great show, great movie, yeah, great. Movie. All right, the the owners have hired a man named Michael Parcati. I met him a decade ago in a Scotch bar, but it was really good. We talked a lot about hockey, and I think that like the next day, the owners acquired David Perron. That's my memory of it, anyway. I know he's a quality person. He's a brilliant mind, a capable businessman. He does have some quirks. He likes to drive around Alberta taking photos of Easter eggs and mushrooms and brown-eyed Susans. But it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. He's a good man, an amazing hire. I'm genuinely happy for Michael Parcati and for Oiler fans, too. This isn't just a guy I you know, know a little bit who's landed a great job that I know that, that he'll do very well in. This is good for the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, but I want to just credit Jeff Jackson here because I think he's going to lead the Edmonton Oilers to the Stanley Cup. I, I believe that. In a very short space of time, he has done many things that are going to help this organization. And you're saying to me, low tide, what can Parcati do? The team's all set. No. No, it's not. It's not set. It's not set for annual success because there's always pressures with cap and they always need value contracts. They always need young players coming through. They have to take advantage of things like college free agency and waivers and CHL grads who don't get drafted. All of those things are important. 
And the Oilers are in a tough spot right now because they're such a high contender. Some of these college and junior kids don't think they can come in and compete, but they really can based on the depth chart. So it'll be Parcati's job and the people that he surrounds himself with to shuffle out those those folks to make sure that the, it's like looking for gold. It's like being a panhandler, you know. And you're you're basically looking for the piece, the gem that is going to get you over the top. And I think that Parcati is honestly might be the best choice available. There are others. A lot of the Puck IQ guys I would have highly recommended. Parcati involved in just about everything analytical uh, that has happened with the orders in the last, I don't know, how many years. He won the hackathon in about 2012. He did work with the Oilers when Craig McTavish was GM and an exceptional resume. I don't get into all the business stuff that he's done, but this is a, I, this is beyond endorsed by me. This is endorsed by all of the analytical community. I guarantee it. I haven't looked. I know that, um, Oilers G, Oilers, uh, Nerd Alert is just over the moon. I know, uh, my friend Wood Guy is over the moon. I haven't seen Hapka. I don't know what he's been saying. I imagine Speeds is thrilled. This is a, a really, really good moment for Edmonton Oilers fans. And the high foreheads will be happy today, and with good reason. And you should be happy no matter if you fought, pay attention to analytics or not. There are gems out there to find. The Oilers weren't shopping in those aisles, and they will be now. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Daniel Nugent Bowman tweeted out the lines today. Everybody's making a big fuss about this. Please don't. Please don't. It doesn't mean anything. It, the first day of practice is just a day of practice. So when McDavid's playing with Kane and Connor Brown, you may see that in preseason. But this is early to start writing stuff in, in pen. You might not see that tomorrow. I like the idea of McDavid with Brown and Kane because that frees up Hyman with Dreisaitl and Nuge. But in theory, it works. In actuality, Hyman was so good with McDavid I, I think it'll be very tempting for the coaching staff to check down to that, and I suspect they will. Now, Ryan McLeod and Matthias Ekholm aren't on the ice today. So there's a couple of injuries, but based on what we know, it's not a big deal. So the third line is uh, Alan Peterson, or, I'm sorry, Lane Peterson with uh, Warren Fogel and Derek Ryan, and then Sutter with Janmark and Holloway on the fourth line. The fifth line is Malone with Ernie and Lavoie. Don't read anything into Lavoie being on the fifth line. Nurse with Bouchard, Kulak, Cece, Broberg, DeHarnay, Niemelein, and Gleason, Skinner, Campbell. It's all too early. Please don't go off half cocked. It it never works. It does not work. Just relax. This it's a long year, and this is day one. What's that thing Brian Kelly said about scoring touchdowns? Act like you've been in there before. You've seen training camps. You know none of this means anything. Not at all. Nothing. Zippo, nada. I need you to explain this to me for Mr. Okanagan, if you would. Declan, can you type quieter today? Or perhaps ask LT if you can change the keyboard settings from typewriter to modern. What what, what are you doing over there, this man? This one's really out of my hands. It just, it just happens to be the loudest keyboard I've ever worked with. I think any producer here at uh, Sports 1440 would tell you the same thing. I try and keep it as quiet as I can. I try and keep it as distance from your as my, and my mic as possible. But, I mean, it's just it's a, l- a loud keyboard. Nothing I can do. A loud keyboard. Is that like It really the, is. Like It sounds the, like a typewriter. It's the Procol Harum of keyboards. <sighs> yeah, the, that reference went over my head, but I'm sure if I got it, I would agree. Do you know the Whiter Shade of Pale song? 
No, I don't. Oh, well, it's a, it's a song with a, a actually, I think, a Hammond organ, but mm. it's a keyboard. Well, that sounds about right then, yeah. Yeah, very loud. Yeah. So could you keep it down over there? And I'm I'm trying my best. Like I said, it's away from do the you mics. Have your my mic, mic but stays you, off. Why do you have your mic on? My sir? mic stays off. That's well, then, just how loud the keyboard is. So it's I bleeding to my to. microphone? I'm, yeah. I mean, that, Come that's, on. Why, that's why I'm, I'm trying to keep it. a mile away. You, you see the red light up here. You know when it's on. You know when it's off. I speak when I spoken to. I pay no to. attention to it. <laughs> I mean, I know when you're over there playing your video games, Dogs of War or whatever you like. Solitaire, mostly. I played Solitaire quite a bit this morning, sucked at it, but I did get a few humble brags in it. I did enjoy that. You did. You yeah. did. It was a good morning for us. I, well, I'm in a really good mood because of Park Hattie. We, well, say, there you go. I that made was, my day. Honestly, I thought it was me giving you a few laughs, but guess Oh, no, no, really, yeah. that hasn't happened yet. I keep expecting your humor to kick in, but One nothing day. yet. Yeah, my jokes. You don't get my jokes. They go over your head. Well, because I'm I'm old and you're young. That's One day you'll get them, and you we, realize how funny we just cross talk. I'm telling my old timey jokes, and you're like, "What now?" And then you're doing your newfangled stuff, and I don't get it at all. Um, something happened yesterday, I believe, and I want to talk about it because it's about the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are very popular in our town. They recalled a guy named Cam Eden. He's a center fielder. And they drafted him in 2019, so he's still a kid, 25 years old. And he hasn't played a lot of, of like, high minor league baseball. He played some in 2022, and then this year he played almost the entire year in Buffalo. In fact, he did play the entire year in Buffalo. He's a really good center fielder, but that's not why I want to talk about him. He's not going to hit enough to play. He's hit 257 in the minors. That's about 230, probably 225 in the major leagues. He has no power at all. Three home runs, 19 19 doubles. But here's what he does. He steals bases, 53 of 57. That's about 93 or 94%. Now, the great writer and baseball guru, guru, guru. Jeez, I don't know where that went. You ever do that? You just kind of go off the rails on one word. Oh, we both know I do. It's well documented. <laughs> well, Bill James said 80%. It, when you, if you can steal bases at an 80% rate, then go. You, the, the manager should send you because the payoff is enough to make it worthwhile. But, and, and I do not expect 93% from this young man when he gets called up. Uh, I don't expect him to do that. But if it, it, just I want you to pick, and I don't think he's going to be on the playoff roster. But just to, just close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to do. I'm just going to create a scenario. So it's the deciding game of the LCS, and the Jays are down by a run. It's the top of the ninth inning, and the leadoff hitter is Alejandro Kirk, and he hits a single, a sharp single to left field. He makes it down to first base, and now the manager, and we'll assume that that the manager, you know is still the manager, John Schneider. And we're thinking, okay, we're good to go. We got a guy on first base. Now, I love Alejandro Kirk. I love, I don't know if anybody knows his vitals, but he's listed at 5'8", 245. Inseam, probably 34. I love this man for lots of reasons that I don't have time to get in. I mean, for him to make the major leagues being challenged by the good Lord above uh, with his 5'8", five, five, 245, 34 inseam. I mean, he's, he has made it all the way. 
Anybody ever says he didn't optimize his ability is just junk. So he did that. But he's on first base now, and it's a big game. And they've got this kid, Cam Eden, and he's stealing at 93. And you need him to get to second base. You need him to get to second base. I'm I'm not saying, I'm just saying. They probably want to have a look at him. They probably want to have a look at him. And I don't blame them. So remember the name. He may never be heard of again. Oftentimes when I make these sweeping predictions, that's exactly what happens. Cam Eden. Very good defensive center fielder. You could use him in late innings. Pinch runner. I don't think he's going to hit enough to make the major leagues as a regular. You know, it has happened before. The Oakland Athletics had a man named Herb Washington who played 92 games in 1974 and he stole 29 bases and he had zero at-bats. I'm talking zero at-bats for the Oakland Athletics. And they won in 1974. So there you go. This guy's going to be a ball player. He's not Herb Washington. But I, I do think the Toronto Blue Jays, and by the way, my man Vladdy, is is it knees? I can't remember what he's on the IR for or, or didn't was not in the lineup for. But if, if they're giving him a rest, that's fine. That's good because they're going to need him. This, is, this, this has become a weird year for the wild card standings because I ordinarily like to check in like once a week or so, but it's all over Hell's Half Acre right now and you know that's a lot Seattle and Texas are in a flat foot tie and Toronto holds down the last wild card I believe that is correct I could be wrong maybe no it's Seattle has Seattle and Texas are tied for the last wild card so Toronto is in the wild card free and clear but not by much so this is going to be wild in the streets for the next number of weeks and the Jays are handling the Yankees pretty well If you're just tuning in, big news, the Edmonton Oilers have hired Michael Parcati. Sharp-dressed man, giant brain walking around our community, and now he works for the Edmonton Oilers. Somebody texted me and said, are you going to have him on the show? No. No, he, he's an employee of the Edmonton Oilers. He, I doubt he'll do media, and if he does media, it'll be with Tony Brar or Bob or somebody like that. But he is really, really good. He's very smart. And he's exactly what the doctor ordered. And I see a lot of people saying, well, the owner should have done this 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yes, 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 yes. And as a matter of fact, they did do it many years ago. Uh, Dallas Akins, who you all hate, brought in Tyler Dello, and they tried to make it work. But the owners are, are, were, at that time, they were not run by forward-thinking people. Peter Shirelli fired them. And... You can watch it, you can observe it, you can say, oh, listen to those silly heads who think they know everything about math, talking about how difficult it is that Dello got let go, or whatever happened. Well, it's important. Look at the teams around the National Hockey League that are doing well. You know, Eric Telsky did an interview in The Athletic about two years ago, and he talked about they have a pro side and an amateur side, and They don't just respond to the GM who might say, hey, look at this player, which they they do that. But they are, they're being proactive. They're saying, if our general manager 
comes to us and is looking for a right-handed puck-moving defenseman, what's our list? Do we have that list? When's the last time we updated that list? Maybe we could go to the GM and suggest it to him. I suspect that's what Parkati's going to do. This is important stuff. And good on the Edmonton Oilers. Seriously. Good on the Edmonton Oilers for, for getting it right. And that's what happened today. And it's a big damn deal. All right. I've said my I've said my piece. On the way, bag milk from Oilers Nation. We're going to talk about Percati. Uh, they've hired out an analytics guy. Sunil Agnohotri is a good friend of mine. And Oilers training camp roster. Patricia Trena from GiantsCountryAndSI.com has written some really good stuff about tonight's game between the New York football giants and the San Francisco 49ers. And we will talk to Patricia next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. We're hanging out until 2 o'clock today. Thank you for joining us. I guess we're, we're part of the lunch, right? Lunch crew. I like that. We are joined now by Patricia Trena, publisher writer for GiantsCountry.com, part of Fan Nation for SI.com, host of Lock on Giants podcast, and... She's on threads, which means she's like something of a unicorn. I can't figure out how to get onto threads. Can you help me? Yeah. How are you guys <laughs> doing, first of all? Good, good. Uh, did it take you a long time to get on threads? No, not at all. Oh. I went right through my Instagram account. I'm on Instagram, too. I, I feel like I'm all over the place, but I've tried to streamline where I'm, I'm posting these days. Well, I, I will tell you that I ordinarily, when I'm preparing for an interview, I read a lot of articles, but your your article, why the Giants will beat the 49ers, why they won't in a prediction, was all-encompassing. And I love the opening line, the game between the Giants and San Francisco 49ers could get ugly fast or maybe not. And the reason why it makes sense is because week one, the Giants were terrible, and week two, they came back in fantastic fashion. So have we got this team surrounded yet? Uh, we're still trying to figure it out, actually. You know, I think we're going to see the real Giants this week because, you know, week one, you know, they, you kind of expected them to, to look a little out of sorts in week one, certainly not the way they did against the Cowboys. But you have to remember that the starters really didn't play a whole lot in the preseason. Now, week two, the same thing started where they just totally got, you know, swept away, but they fought back and they showed resiliency. So, here we are week three. They're coming off a short work week. They didn't really practice in the traditional sense. They're going to need their coaching staff more than ever before to make sure that everybody's on the same page with their assignments. And we're going to find out once and for all just what this team is made of. And you mentioned the O-line messed up. There's some problems there. Barkley out. So it's, uh, I guess it's, it's through the air tonight. Does that make the most sense? I think it can, yes. Because, you know, the 49ers, their pass defense isn't as solid as maybe their run defense. So I think if the Giants can hit on a few balls outside of the hash marks where the 49ers have, have you know, thus far at any rate, had some trouble covering, I think they could potentially have some plays there to be made to move the chains. It's it's early in the year, and, and I'm an Eagles fan, so I watch the NFC East very closely, and, and everybody's winning. Uh, and I, I just I know it's early, but is there is there any sense of and I know where the Giants are in their cycle of winning. Is there any sense of of even though it's a tough game and Forty Niners are a really good team? It, it, do you feel like from the fan base or or from following this team or paying attention to it and covering it 
that there's a, a sense of urgency here or this is just a game where you're going to try to play well and play perfectly and win it? Yeah, I, I think there is a sense of urgency because, you know, you want to win every single game. There's no such thing as a, you know, a, a throwaway where you could say, oh, okay, you know, if we don't win it, that's not, you know, it's not going to hurt us. But I think, again, we're, we're still trying to figure out who this team is, this team's identity. You know, we've seen some problems pop up on the O-line. We've seen some problems pop up with the run defense. You know, the, the offense got off to a slow start. So hopefully um, what what comes out of this game is that they at least are competitive, uh, that they can somehow stand toe-to-toe with the 49ers, who are an absolute loaded team. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know that the Giants will necessarily beat the 49ers, but if they can be competitive and stand toe-to-toe, I think that's going to tell us a lot about who this Giants team is. Sports 1440, this is the lowdown with Low Tide. We're talking about the New York Football Giants and their game against San Francisco with Patricia Trena from Giants Country and SI.com. What is the expectation of the Giants this year? Like, obviously, injuries are having an impact, and, and every team has to go through that. But how much pressure do you feel is on the coaching staff this year, and how much, uh, what, what kind of record would, would maybe make the problems not necessarily go away, but uh, the, the coaching staff could, could count on a return next year? Yeah, I, I don't think the coaching staff is going anywhere, regardless of what the record is. Certainly not after, you know, two years. But to answer your question, I think the goal is to get back to the playoffs for the second year in a row, which would make the first time since, I believe, 2009, or was it 2008? It might have been 2008 and 2009 since they've done that, uh, gone to the playoffs two times in a row. Um it would be nice if they could come up with a double-digit win. I think that would would certainly qualify as, as improvement for a lot of people. But really, just get back to the playoffs if you can and show that you're getting better each week. So, you know, you can make the argument that from week one to week two, the Giants did show a little bit of improvement with how they fought back against, a, you know, a scoreless deficit. So let's see what they do this week versus next week versus the week after and see if that progress continues to go upward. Who's calling the plays for the Giants right now, the offensive plays, and, and is it working? Technically, it's still Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator. Now, is Brian Dable the head coach who, draws some, who drew some attention because he was spotted on TV with the play card in his hand, covering his mouth a few times? What I think is going on there is Dable is maybe – getting a little bit more involved in terms of suggestions. So maybe he, you know, I, I think he's saying, look, why don't we try this cluster of plays to see if we can't open things up. But I do believe, you know, it, it's Kafka calling the plays maybe on the suggestion of Dable as is his right and as is his job, by the way. I mean, for a coach to just sit there and not take an active role, especially when the team is struggling. So, you know, but I, I do think technically it's Kafka calling the plays, but Dable's probably leaning into that headset and giving him a little bit more uh, guidance, if you will. Final question for you, and this comes from our listeners. They want to know about, I think it's been reported about Barkley, but but it's week to week, right? Like we, we, we're not expecting him out a long time? No, he's, he shouldn't be out a long time. Um, you know, Dable this week had, had said that there was a possibility he was going to play on Thursday. I think everybody knew that that was not going to be the case. Um, there is an outside chance that Barkley could be ready for the Monday night game, you know, you know, 11 days later. 
for, against the Seattle Seahawks, but I think a more realistic time frame for his return would be the following week. I think they have Miami that week. Uh, the thing with Barkley is, is you don't want to rush him back. Every time he seems to rush back, he just doesn't look himself. So if, if it's going to take him three full weeks to get ready, let him to have the full three weeks. Don't rush him uh, and, and run the risk of making that ankle injury any worse. Thanks for this, Patricia. Appreciate it. No problem. All right, Patricia Trena from Giants Country and SI.com. I recommend you read that article. It's, it's really well done. I What I need is a thumbnail sketch, and what I need is the truth, and she had all of that, so well done. Why can't you talk to Michael Parcati? You had Jackson on, and he's an employee of the orders too. Well, you, you make a request, and oftentimes, this goes back to, I remember I made a request to talk to Stu McGregor in 09, and I never got anywhere. Uh, the owners didn't make him available at all. And I, now, in all honesty, things have I, the owners treat me very well, I, I will tell you. Back then, not so much. Now, we make a request. Uh, I had uh, Tyler Wright on two or three years in a row. And um, the owners are first class all the way. I have no complaints at all. However, with regard to somebody like Parcati, if he does do an interview, my guess is it'll be with Tony Brar or Bob Stoffer, and Jason might get him. But um, I don't know if I'd want to interview Michael Parcati because of the questions I'd want to ask him, I don't know if he'd feel like comfortable answering because they'd be very specific questions. You know, why are you going to recommend they sign Ethan Bear? <laughs> and he's not, he's not ever going to be able to say that. And I don't, I, 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 I'm so happy about this hire. I don't want to screw it up for anybody. You know, I, I, I didn't want to know what was happening. I knew they eventually would hire somebody and I suspected it would be somebody I knew, but I didn't want to know because if I, if I got out in front of it, then there's all that schmozzle. To borrow a, a line from Laverne and Shirley. So this has all gone perfectly. And, and I'm so happy for all involved. And I'm very impressed with Jeff Jackson. That's the takeaway. What's Dello done? What has he done? Well, he's got the New Jersey Devils on the verge of winning the Stanley Cup. How's that? And I, I believe, although I have no proof because you can't prove these things, but I think that he was part of the uh, Andres Sekera signing here when he when he worked for the Oilers, and I think he did a lot of good work with the Edmonton Oilers, um, putting guys like Justin Schultz in a position to succeed. That's my feeling. You may disagree, and I'm sure there'll be people hammering me for saying it, but analytics is important. That there, I remember when people said, "Well, you can't analytics hockey. It's not like baseball, and it isn't like baseball." That's why it's taken so long. And all the new information that people get, we don't even get. The, rate, the, the, the teams get it, and they, they're parsing it now. And that's why you need a Parcati, because all of the information comes in. It's a tremendous amount of data. And the job of the, the smart people is to find the gem, find the piece that's going to get them there. And that's the job. I, I I wrote in The Athletic, there's an article up today, I, I think Brad Holland has done a really good job with pro scouting. And I think that the Oilers' amateur scouts have done a tremendous job too. This isn't about replacing those guys. This is about adding more, another layer. It's it's like, okay, we have this and we have this. We've got the full meal deal. We got our We got our meat and we got our potatoes. 
and then, you know, somebody's going to make a vegetable just to ruin everything and crowd the plate up. But you get the point. This is a good deal for the Edmonton Oilers. And, and it feels like one of, one of the group of people that has been pushing for this, one of us, I'll say, has, has reached the, reached a real, a really important milestone because the Oilers were a tough out, baby. Lots of other teams were, were grabbing folks who were part of the oil logosphere back in the olden days. And, you know, I, I mean, I, on the old show, on the old lowdown at the other station, I, I had a ton of people who are now working in the National Hockey League on as guest. I had Tulski on as guest. He works for the Carolina Hurricanes at the AGM. Rob Volman, who does really good work with the Los Angeles Kings. I had Parkati on 10 years ago on the show guaranteed on the Saturday show and I think probably on the lowdown during the weekdays lots of people giant brains and and now I'm blessed with Declan thank you <laughs> it was a very humble thank you just took my time to soak it all in appreciate the kind words and people love think you of the perfect response people Jenna who who is a friend of mine uh, she told me that I had to get you on Blue Sky. That's my job today. Yes. So I got to send and you we'll a, make that a password, and then you go on there, and I got to get you on there. I'm, I'm, being, I'm getting orders from headquarters about you. Yeah, the brass have the brass have made their call. We'll the get it bosses done. Bosses we'll do are are letting their they're their not views. angry, not angry yet, but they'll get there if I don't get on Blue well, Sky. Get a little huffy about things yeah. if it doesn't happen in a quick hurry. So we have bagged milk on later, and. We've got lots to talk about. Is there anything you would like to bring to the show today? I know you're doing your thing tomorrow. <laughs> no, what's, no. What's the, what's the name of your program tomorrow, your segment? Declination. Yes, it Declination. is. Declination. And who came up with that name? You did. Thank you, you so much. You did very promptly. Yay me. Yeah. It Yay was a me. great name. I would never in a million years would I have come <laughs> up with something that good. No, listen, I'm happy to be the passenger. This is your show. I know. For um, now. <laughs> <laughs> I have my segment that I'll uh, look forward to on Fridays, but uh, there's nothing I can bring to the table that people want to hear more than you can. So that's why I ride in the passenger well, seat. Well, that's, you know, it's it's short term. Don't you worry. Now, will you do me a favor? You tweeted out something yesterday. And yes. Or, now they're calling it posting and reposting. I know. We all know it's a tweet. It's all tweet. It's, it's, it'll always be tweeting. Tell us about the lowdown with low tide and where people can get the podcasts. Yeah, so basically there's just uh, on my Twitter, at Declan Kruger, or, or on my ex, I should say, uh, <laughs> at Declan Kruger, there's a link tree that has uh, a link to Low Tide's Twitter, the Apple pod- the Apple Podcasts uh, podcast link, and the Spotify podcast podcast link. Those are the two most common places people get their podcasts. I, I can add more if need be, uh, but that link tree, that link tree tweet will be a pinned tweet on my account, and you can get all the uh, all the podcast episodes there. So is there is there any other um, platform... Is there a Jimmy Crackcorn platform that we're not on? Well, there's Google Podcasts. They do go up there. The, what I usually tweet is the ACAST link. ACAST is the website we use to put the podcast out there. You can listen directly on there. Uh, so so those are options. But I, I think Apple and Spotify are the most prominent. It's okay. what most people know. So, so we're also on ACAST. Yes. And then Bob is on the Bcast. Bob's, on, the, Bob's on like the C or D cast. Actually. Oh, I, was, I was talking to him earlier. You're, just, you're talking <laughs> my language. Okay. All right. You have lots of comments uh, and we welcome them. We always do. The The number is 833-401-1440. Um, and, and we've got another card. This is getting embarrassing. There's another compliment for Declan and a lot of Oilers analytics coming up. From you, that's next. Low down with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's 1239, Sports 1440. Low down with Low Tide. And who is the artist there, young man? Rick James. Do you know the story of Rick James? 
Not really. Rick James had more fun than anybody. And then, and then, you know, and then didn't. But I, I believe that. Just based on, time. based on the Super Freak music video, he looks like a guy who would have more fun than anybody. Yeah, he, he was... Um, and then declare bankruptcy in about 1987. He blew through a lot of uh, a lot yeah. of the decade that he was famous. <laughs> I could see that. Mm. Uh, your man Declan is the polar opposite of Owanik. Know this, low tide, you're blessed. I know, I know, I am, I agree. I was really enjoying that last segment, and then my neighbor came by to talk my ear off. Dang, nice people. Podcast of the show, Northside Adam. Yes, and you can get it at Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Acast, wherever you get your podcast. There's a link tree that I tweeted out. I'll make it my pin tweet that you can if find everything. We do not know if we do. If we're not on your platform. You let us know. Yeah, and we'll yeah. build one. Yes, we will. We'll get them everywhere. We want to be global. We want to be international. We want to be prestige worldwide, and we'll take right. the necessary steps to make that happen. Right. And our baking is good. As I well. want to be the Rick James of AM <laughs> no, radio podcasting. No, you don't, because you're going to burn out after seven years. But it'll know. be a it'll be a hell of a seven years. There's a there's a clip of him going, oh, a, this particular thing that he did is really good. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Um, interesting. You're not part of the order analysis team. Oh man, you have no idea. Like I'm, I can write about it, and I think I, I I give myself credit for being good at writing about and making a certain amount of excitement over the numbers and that sort of thing. But the guys who actually do this and girls are just miles smart. Where did Parcati go to school? So he did his undergrad at the U of A, and then he went to the London School of Economics to get his master's in something, and then he went to get another master's at Georgia Tech, and that was a master's in operations management. Right. So. Yeah. I don't even know what something is at right. the London School of whatever business. London School of Economics. Economics. Yeah. But I mean, I like w- the only thing I could do there at the London School of Economics is order from the cafeteria. I was going to say they probably wouldn't even let me in the cafeteria. <laughs> they take one look at my backwards hat and be like, "I, I don't think you belong here." Excuse me, sir. You can't park there. Like, yeah, you can go check out some of the other attractions in London down the road, but you, no. you're not here. It's just, I, I, and and he's an impressive guy. It, I, so, and, and everybody who does that is like uh, Dom Lachishan, uh from the Athletic. Really smart guy. These are all really bright people, and and. Sometimes when you're a really bright person, you don't have the great people skills or the great writing skills or whatever. We all need each other, and I certainly need the math people. You have to be very smart to be proprietary in that field, and that's what we've seen with some of these analytics guys. Yeah. Rick James, also a former bandmate of Neil Young in the Minor Birds. I know. I knew that. Yes, I did. Rick James is an interesting guy, really interesting career. I think the first 45 I bought of him was you and I. I believe that's correct. I'm shocked Declan hasn't resigned on you yet, Tide. He's got thick skin. I have been nothing but kind to him. You've have been I been, pretty, I've been? I've been. I've been. I compliment you daily. You do. You did call me talentless once, but you lo- you lumped yourself into that conversation, so it stung a little less. Well, um, I, you've been pretty good to me. You you've probably deserved me. it. That's all I can say. It, I, ooh, it was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, talent. Out of what, what, what was it in regard to singing? It was just off the top rope. You just said we had no talent, and then you stared at me for about forty-five seconds until I hit the hit the button. That sounds like a really good segment um, for you. <laughs> Low tide. I got to find the thing now. I told my friends that you think this Oilers team is better than last year, and that they win a cup, and they scoffed at me. Well, get better friends. 
And what I said was they're going to have Matias Ekholm all year, and they're going to be adding at the deadline. And so when they hit the playoffs, they'll be better. But my recommendation is just to get better friends. People are already, there's already things that are being sent me on a daily basis. At least one person sends me something about Nolan Patrick. He's not playing. He's not coming to camp, folks. Okay. We were getting football questions about who to start in fantasy at twelve fifteen. We can't have that. I don't know. I know they thought they thought Brandon and Connor were still on the air. What was the question though? Maybe I can take a swing at it. Well, some guy I couldn't pronounce his name. Where they should start him? Um, that's what I heard. Which wild card team in the American and National League has the best chance of winning? I think the Jays have a really good chance. Uh, they've got good pitching. Texas is hotter than a firecracker. You've never lit a firecracker, so you don't know that it's true, but it is true. No, I believe you. Hot. I was just thinking about, I still like Tampa. I mean, they've clinched, but they're going to be a wild card team, and I, I still like Tampa. Low Tide, what's the ceiling for McLeod this year? And McLeod is spelt like the TV show from the 70s. Uh, Ryan McLeod... I don't think he'll hit 40 points, but I think he'll I think he'll get like 15 goals or maybe even a little more than that if he stays healthy. Got to stay healthy. But he's he's good. Ryan McLeod is underrated on this team, I think. I mean, look, he's got McDavid and Drysaddle in front of him in the depth chart. Tide, I think Parcati has your blog on his home screen. I think I have Parcati's blog on my home screen. Parcati's really smart. Like it's there's a difference here. The the difference is this. I'll give you the example. I go to Puck IQ, and because I know how to use Puck IQ, I can I can pull information out. And if I'm wrong, Wood Guy tells me. Parcati's going to walk into a room, probably is already there, and he's going to receive a flood of information about last year's NHL Oilers, about breakouts, about about. Uh, um, passes from one zone to the other about who covers best uh, when the puck is sent into the left side defensive zone, who you should have on the ice with Evan Bouchard at all times. All of that will be found out and will be be parsed. But but the real key in the information will be for the Oilers, what's the best scenario? Like I would like to, if I had a question to ask Percati is, is Hyman's skills are Hyman's skills transportable to the dry sidle line? Can he be as effective as he was with McDavid? And if not, then why would you move Connor Brown in to the McDavid line? Why wouldn't you just use Hyman and McDavid, who were so successful a year ago, and then move Brown down to the dry sidle line? That's a question I would ask. But but for radio doesn't really work like that. Guests like that are not the fantastic radio people. No disrespect. Because it's so technical and it's in your brain kind of thing, so it's better to type it out. So that's why blogs work really well. The Parcati sign is exciting. What's the most noticeable improvement we'll see by adding this gentleman to the team? Okay. it's I'm writing it now for The Athletic. It'll be up tomorrow morning. But I'll give you this. And please read it because I'm giving you something and the athletic are really good to me. So please click on it and read it. So it goes like this. 
the Edmonton Oilers at the top end are as good as it gets. They're so damn good. They're historically good. Their power play is better than anything that has ever been seen since they changed the rules in the 50s because of the Montreal Canadiens. This power play is the kind of power play that causes rule changes. That's how good they are. And Connor McDavid anywhere, five-on-five penalty kill power play, is he zooms the world. He is so good. Him winning a Stanley Cup is inevitable. It just is. There are there are no real words available to us to describe how good Connor McDavid is. Transcendent doesn't really get it, but it's almost. And then Leon Dreisaitl is behind, but not by as much as you'd think. And then they have you know Nuge and Hyman and Evander Kane and Connor Brown coming in. Then on defense, Matthias Ekholm makes a big difference. So the top end is the top end. Now, what can Parkati do? Well, he can do what I said earlier, and that is go find value contracts. Watch the waiver wire. Um, Now that I I said Holland wouldn't be able to use the waiver wire, but if he listens to Parcati, there might be somebody sliding through that the Otis can get, and I never felt that way before. John Willis used to write these brilliant waiver updates every day. The waiver wire would come out, and he'd write something, and by 5 o'clock he'd say, these are the guys that should be taken, and they never were. You know, you'd get some thumper fighter guy who'd get claimed on waivers, but the hockey players would just slid right through. So with Parcati there, that's an area. College front, uh, college and European and CHL free agent signings. But but small deals too. Uh, actually, the, the article I have up right now um, about Brad Holland, there was a deal a year ago in October, I think October 9th, just before the season started. And the order sent Dmitry Samarukov, to the St. Louis Blues, and they picked up Clean Costin. That was an analytics home run. And it was funny the way they did it. Both teams sent down their guy, and both had to clear waivers. If they hadn't cleared waivers, there wouldn't have been a deal, obviously. They both clear waivers, then they're traded, and then they can send both guys down to their farm teams, and then they can assess them and make the call, and that's exactly what happened. When Costin got up here, the owners knew what he was. He was a plug-and-play. They slid him right in there, and he made a difference. He really did, and they tried to sign him. They just didn't have any money on the cap, and that is because of the sins of the past, and yes, Ken Holland owns some of that, although Peter Chiarelli really, really, really did uh, uh, some some things that, that the team paid for for a long, long time. So that's something you can count on, value contracts. If you go down, uh, go to Puckpedia, and you add up all the players who are making less than 1.1 million and then you you say okay of these guys who is going to be able to play a prominent position on this club because remember McLeod isn't a bargain anymore Bouchard isn't a bargain anymore Stuart Skinner isn't a bargain anymore so who are the bargain contracts right now Dylan Hallway's at 925 Derek Ryan at 9 Lavoie if he plays is 874 Connor Brown 775 but the kicker you know the kicker right uh, Lane Peterson is on the roster right now. Um, DeHarnay, Nima Linen are both under a mill. And then you've got Broberg who's under a mill. So it'll be, it'll be Parkati's job among other things, I think, to recommend those things. And he's got to build a department too. It's going to take a while. But the, the, the key element for the analytics department, I think, is to go after value contracts and players who can play prominent positions, you know, and not cost a lot of money. Like, when Kyler Yamamoto and Yesa Poliari were playing well, and they did at times, they weren't making any money at all. 
They're making like 1.1 or, you know, what it was 900,000. It wasn't a lot. And then as soon as they started making money, then it becomes a different scenario. The equation becomes different. And you hope that Raphael Lavoie and Dylan Holloway can become like Pugliarvi and Yamamoto, but you're not sure. And that's why you go get Connor Brown. And that's why Warren Fogle wasn't traded this summer. It's like, um, uh, do you do crossword, uh, not crossword, but yeah, do you do crossword puzzles? Yeah, sometimes. No. I'm more of a Sudoku guy, but I like crosswords. No, no, you cannot say those things on the air. Uh, do you that... do actual puzzles, like 500, 1,000 piece puzzles? No, man, come on, now stop that. No? Do... no? No, no, You don't do those? <laughs> Bores me to all ends. I never. I, I hate puzzles. I do too. I can't stand them. Yeah, no, and I'm not very good at them. My like, wife used to do them all the time, and she'd say, I'm looking for a blue piece. I'm like, I'm leaving the room. Yeah, like everyone talks about the satisfaction they get when they finish the puzzle. I've never had that. What I don't understand is. It's just tedious and boring. People who do puzzles, they do the puzzles, and then they break them all up again. Maybe I'll do that and again in two years. Or it's like if you complete the puzzle, like some people leave it out as like a table piece. It's like that's just wait, you're just taking up space with this puzzle. We used to like nine hours working on it. Like, there's just no enjoyment in it for me. Well, and I think it's I think it's because our brains don't work that way. <sighs> We're too advanced. <laughs> is what I'm thinking. Okay. My four year old brother loves puzzles. You 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 go and your four year old brother is going to end up being prime minister. I think we're pretty already aware of that, right? If uh, he has to give me a job in cabinet, but that's the plan. Yep. Boy, you in cabinet. I would like you to be the guy in charge of the Turkey Marketing Board. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can do that. All right. You know who would be in charge of bagged milk? Bagged milk. Yeah. He doesn't take orders from anybody. Is that true? No, no. I mean, I'm sure he does. But <laughs> it just fit my narrative if I said it like that. But the audience didn't know anything about analytics until today. Yes, they did. I just said that. I'm not saying that they're reinventing the wheel. What I'm saying is there's new data coming down every day that wasn't here three years ago. And it is, it is wholly unlikely that the Edmonton Oilers were taking advantage of all of it. But if you look at... The second round pick they had this year, Bo Akey. And if you look at the, the Jaden Groob trade and you look at the things that they've done, they are making inroads. But what you want to do is keep going. Keep going. Have you ever done, have you ever f- just found something in life you're really good at and you're like, okay, do you ever give up or do you drill down on that puppy until you get it all? You know, like when you buy your, what's your favorite cookie? Like, it's homemade chocolate chips, so I, can, I don't really buy it, but okay. I'll, I'll so say chocolate chips. Do you make them, or does somebody else make them on the outside, and you buy them on the streets for, you know, an exorbitant price? No, like, my my mom will make them, and I'll okay. get them for free. So, I'll, let's I'll say your mom gives you 24 cookies in a bag. Okay. You go home, and you have half of one, right? Yep. Or do you have more than that? I'll, I'll have, like, two the first time I get them. Two or three. And then one night, they all go? No, I'm pretty good at spacing them out. Like two, two at a time is a nice little treat dessert. You, you just—I was trying to come up with a, a scenario that fit the, and then you—you uh, could have shut. You could have told me to shut the mic off and just Mr. self-control I would've, I would've over listened. here. Who only has two cookies that they like that they're their favorites? I, yeah, I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I, I like if I'm going to indulge in anything, it'll be like chips. Okay, you. No, I'll turn the mic off. Though. Part of part of radio is learning to lie like a sidewalk. I, I should have known. Work on that. You wrote that on the chalkboard in here. I should have, <laughs> I should have known. How much do you make? Well, that's the way it works around here. Okay. <laughs> on the way, bag milk. This is Lowdown with Low Todd in Sports 1440. It's time for a sports update. It's time for a sports 1440 update. 
Your Sports 1440 update brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Missioner Allen Auctioneering's next public-timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Make your bids at info at maauctions.com. You've heard it here on the Lowdown with Low Tide in Edmonton Oilers News. The team announced they have hired Michael Picardi as their senior director of data and analytics. Quote, Picardi will lead the creation of the creation and operation of a new analytics department providing insight-driven recommendations for the team, end quote, according to reports. NHL training camps underway. News out of the Oilers camp as head coach Jay Woodcroft opted to line up Evander Kane and Connor Brown on the top line with McDavid. The move reunites Brown and McDavid after the two were OHL teammates with the Erie Otters from 2012 to 2014, where they combined for 227 points in the 13-14 season. Canada's Laurent Duvernay-Tardif retires from pro football. The veteran offensive lineman announced his retirement today after eight NFL seasons. Duvernay-Tardif was widely recognized for his decision to put his football career on hold when he elected to work as an orderly at a Montreal long-term care facility during the pandemic. He retires with one Super Bowl. No AJHL games tonight, but in case you missed it, it was the Sherwood Park Crusaders 4-1 over the Lloydminster Bobcats yesterday. And CIS men's football rankings, the U of A Golden Bears make their debut at number nine following their win against the U of S Huskies last week. MLB scores, Angels and Rays 2-2 right now in the top of the sixth. Brewers up 6-0, top of the seventh against the Cardinals. And in the NFL tonight, the Giants and 49ers going at it at 6-15. You can join Brandon Douglas from the Kevin Carrier Show and the Fantasy Frenzy at the Fort Sask Canadian Brewhouse for that one. I'm Declan Kruger, and you're up to date. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.